Hey, what's going on? It's Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you. This is uh, Divine Exchange number three. Uh, we'll pray you're doing good and the Lord is treating you well, which we know he is because that's exactly what he does and who he is. I love Psalm 145. It says that he opens his hand wide and he satisfies all those who look to him. I love that. Uh, so today we're going to talk about the divine exchange, really part three. And uh, when, I'm, when I'm talking about divine exchange, I'm saying that the Lord Jesus came to live our life and die our death so that we could have his life. It's an exchange of sorts. You know, your, your garbage, my garbage, our trash for heaven's reward, heaven's, heaven's treasure. And I, I love that because it's powerful to try to understand that Jesus doesn't just want us to, to be forgiven and saved and brought to heaven. Jesus wants to do something inside of us and give us what we need in order for us to fulfill the great commission of revealing him and bringing, bringing his name, fame, and, and greatness to the nations until the day comes where he will return and uh, collect his bribe. And so when I'm talking about divine exchange, I'm talking about the Lord radically changing your life. This this process of sanctification, that the implement that impartation of holiness and that that journey of the Holy Spirit removing the the dross and giving you the treasure. And uh, I love that. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul talks about this. Paul says, He made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf so that we could become the righteousness of God in him, which is Jesus. So what Paul is saying, Paul, uh, Paul said that Jesus knew no sin. He had no sin, but he became our sin so that in return or in exchange, he can give us his righteousness. And this is exactly what Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah and this particular ministry of the Messiah speaks about. In Isaiah 61, verse 3, uh, the, the prophet Isaiah, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, says that the Messiah, the ministry of the Messiah, is to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, beauty for ashes the oil gladness instead of mourning the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness the plant in the lord that he may be glorified what is implied here in the in speaking about the people of zion the children of zion they're, they're mourning there's the people of god they're in mourning they're hurting they're looking for a move of God. They're in need of a work of God. They can't do it on their own. So the Lord's Messiah is going to come and he's going to take some things off of them and in exchange, give him what he has for them. And one of them, it says comfort for mourning. He's going to exchange beauty for ashes. He's going to exchange joy instead of sadness, garments of praise instead of a spirit of despair or heaviness or fainting. This is what Jesus does as a child of God. It doesn't necessarily take place at one time event, but in our journey with him, he begins to give us exchange. He begins to deal with our heart. Hey, you're struggling with this. Hey, you are laden with that. I want to take that from you. I've already paid the price. I've already dealt with it. I've already given you victory. All you need to do is accept it. I want to take that from you, and I want to give you what I have for you in exchange. 
There's nothing greater than that. Jesus came to live our life, die our death so that we can have his life and his resurrection for eternity. And he did this. The Messiah did this with great joy. And so that prophecy in Isaiah about the Messiah blows my mind because it says that the Messiah did it with great joy. The exchange that the Messiah's offer, and even though it would cost him everything, he did it with great joy. Even in the book of Hebrews, it says that, you know, the cross set before him, he endured it with joy. He encountered what he had for the joy set before him. And here in Isaiah's gospel, Isaiah's prophecy, he says to bestow, to bestow on them. And I love that translation because that word bestow is something it has like almost like a beauty contest or, or a beauty pageant. And the winner of that beauty pageant, uh, they get something bestowed on them, a, a award, and it's done with great joy. And so the imagery there is that he has great joy in giving us what he has for us. And I love that. I love that. He does not want us to continue to struggle. He does not want us to struggle in our sin and our addiction and our nastiness and our trash. He wants to give us his treasure. He wants to do it. It gives him joy to renew our lives, to transform our lives, to make us new again in his image and his likeness. It gives him joy. And so when I, when I felt called to the ministry. I just had this deep calling and the pastor confirmed it in my heart. I really struggled with it because I I had a lot of addiction. I was addicted to a lot of different things. I was still quite angry. I was cussing everything out of my mouth was cuss words. I was still listening to rap music and kill, 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 murder, 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 you know, and uh, dipping snuff. And I, I, I wasn't drinking. I stopped drinking, but I did have a lot of other addictions. I hadn't did any drugs at this point either this is 2002 about april probably beginning to may 2002 at this point and i was really just seeking the lord praying the the the, my pastor said hey look i want you to pray seek god what does he want for you and i'm like i got all these things he says pray see what the lord does so i had been summoned to the prayer closet best advice i ever had and as I began to pray, God began to do something. I told you the testimony about how, you know, I woke up the next morning and the, the dog had my snuff and my mom had my money. And I just was, the God was doing something so profound in my life. And he really began to teach me, begin to say, hey, give me that and I'm, I'm going to give you this. And this really transformed my life. One of the uh, things was uh, dipping snuff. I really was praying. I tried to quit. I was tried everything. I would put toothpaste in my mouth. I'd carry a thing of toothpaste with me, and I would just keep my mouth clean all day long. It was crazy. I tried gum. I tried everything. I could not quit dipping, and it would just make me miserable and want to hurt somebody. And I just kept praying. I said, Lord, you know what? I'm just going to let you do it. And uh, one afternoon after church, it was a Sunday afternoon, we went to my sister's house and she made us some sandwiches. We were eating and I jumped in my pool with my nephews and out of the blue, my nephew was probably right around six, maybe six years old. He looked at me and he says, Uncle Sean, that means you're not going to dip no more. And I mean, out of the blue. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He says, you're not going to dip more, no more. You're going to stop dipping. 
And I just really believed at that time that the Holy Spirit was using my nephew to speak to my heart that, hey, God was wanting to take this from me. And so I went to church that night as a Sunday night church. And out of that night, the pastor was preaching from James chapter 4, verse 7 through 9, and, and literally changed my life. He says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will come near to you. And the Holy Spirit, again, had spoke very clear to my heart that night and told me, Sean, I've already paid the price. I've already fought the fight. I've already taken your bondage. I've already taken your, 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 your chains and I am willing to give you freedom. I'm willing to give you deliverance. You don't have to rage war against the enemy. I've already overcome him. All you have to do is resist him. Come near to me. Get what I got for you. And resist the enemy. Boy, I said, I was so simple. I said, man, basically, I'm a new person. I don't need to have to try to do all these things, you know, to try to combat the cravings. I just need to say it's already taken care of and received what God has had for me, what Jesus paid the price for. And I'm telling you, I had never since that day, I had I have not craved Copenhagen dip tobacco since. It is the most it was the most remarkable miracle that I've ever experienced in my life at that time. And to explain this a little bit more, Jesus was speaking in John chapter 8 verse 33 through 36 I want to kind of unpack this to to you a little bit uh, and Jesus said they answered him we were we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone how can you say that we shall be set free and Jesus replied to them very truly I say unto you everyone who sins is a slave to sin now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. In verse 36, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And what took place in my life that afternoon, that evening, was freedom. I have been in bondage to sin. I have been in bondage to addiction, not just in that area of, of being addicted to tobacco, but there was a lot of addictions that I believe even cussing. I was addicted to cussing, addicted to anger, lustful, a lot of things that I began to apply this particular area of my life where I was in bondage and chains and captivity to sin. I applied this. Resist. It's already Jesus has already paid the price. Whom he sets free is free indeed. Jesus tells us that if we are to come to him, if we're to draw to him, if we're to say, take this and give me what you got, he says he'll set you free. And when he sets you free, you're free indeed. Well, how does that work? When Isaiah, again, going back to Isaiah's prophecy, he said that uh, part of the ministry of the Messiah would be to proclaim liberty to the captives. But, hey, the time's up. It's, it's your freedom has come and freedom to the prisoners. This message of liberty and freedom to those who are addicted, to those who are in bondage to sin, to those who are in, in, in captivity to the flesh nature, the message of the cross, the message of the Messiah is there's liberty, there's freedom. He has that for you. 
Well, how could he accomplish that? Isaiah 53 kind of gives us the, 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 the game plan of how he was going to fulfill his promises to those who is offered liberty and kept and freedom to. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 7 and 8, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before a shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken, listen to this, from prison and from judgment. So did you hear it? The Messiah that would bring deliverance to the prisoner, liberty to those who are in captivity, freedom to those who are in bondage and chains is said to be himself coming from that, coming from chains, would himself be in bondage, would himself be imprisoned. You see, Jesus would do what he needed to do in order to offer you freedom. He would take your change. He would take my, my prison. He would take my bondage. In John chapter 18, verse 12, it says, So the Roman cohort and the commander and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus, and they bound him. They arrested him and bound him. They put him in chains. And just a chapter later in chapter 19, Jesus with a loud voice proclaimed, It is finished. So he, he would not offer you something if it was not available for us. He took on our chains. He took on our bondage. He took on our imprisonment. And he offers us freedom. Jesus paid the price for us to be free. He took it. Because his promise is whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And my prayer for you tonight, today, throughout this week, is that the power of the Holy Spirit would say, hey, what about that? What about that shame? What about that unforgiveness? What about that hurt or that rejection? What about that addiction? What about this area right here? There's no need for it to control your life any longer. He's paid the primes so that we can be free. And Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you that you're more than enough. And truly, Lord, I pray for those who are listening. God, I pray that you would bless them, that you would anoint them, that you would help them, God that you would do exceedingly, abundantly, Lord, more than they could ever think, ask, or imagine. Lord, in their life, both now and forever. God, that you would, Lord, not only speak to them about where you've brought them from, but where you're going, Lord, and you're not done with them. God, there's still treasures. There's still freedom. There's still life, your life, Lord. Lord, bless your people with strength. Bless them with newness, God. Help us, Lord, to to turn over our trash to you even now so that we can have your treasure, our chains, for your freedom. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Well, God bless you. God bless you all the way. And I'll see you again next time on Sean and the Word.